Failing from the Heart, episode number four. And welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And this is a podcast that is sponsored by Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com, your online Christian source for Christian books and educational materials. And we'll talk a little bit more about them in just a moment. Stephanie, I am so glad that we are here for another episode of Family from the Heart. Yes, and as am I. As we mentioned in episode number three, you and I are going to be doing all kinds of discussion about the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And we happen to have our copies of this book right here in the studio with us. And we just finished reading chapter one and two. Now, you had read the first three chapters of this book prior to us getting started on this together. Right. So you're a little bit ahead of me, and I want to thank you for starting over. You're welcome. Uh, so Not that, a problem. So that we could uh, sit down on the couch together and and read this together. So first thing we're going to do is talk about what is in chapter one. Now, folks, if you don't have a copy of this book yet, I really want to encourage you to grab a copy. And uh, let me just tell you, you can go to gspn.tv. And if you go down into the section where it says uh, family, the family channel, you'll see family from the heart. And then you should be able to go and see there's a link where you can get a copy of this book for five dollars and ninety nine cents. There's a link there to go and get that from Mardell, our sponsor. And for five dollars and ninety nine cents, like I said, and then you go in and if in the shopping cart, please do us a favor and enter GSPN in the shopping cart. It'd give you 10% off your entire order, especially if you add some other things in there. It could really add up as a savings. And we so thank Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com for doing this. Absolutely. Stephanie, uh, chapter one, what are you laughing about? I am, okay. I should not put things in front of you when we're doing a podcast. You shouldn't. And and there are some things sitting in front of me that need to be um, filed away. For some reason, our marriage license is out on your desk. Yes. And for a very good reason, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it needs to be filed back away and, and we, we need to get it put away. On this first line here, it has date of birth slash age. Yes. Well, do you remember how old you were when we got married? Um, I would have to say 23. Yes. Okay. Okay. You were 23 when we got married. Right. Your birthday is one twenty seventy three. I mean, anybody could figure that out. Okay. Okay. Um, our marriage license says you were twenty one. So really? I'm like, somebody at the courthouse can't add. Really? <laughs> yeah, right there. It says it says you were twenty one. Sweet. Mine's right, but yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> anyway, and if anybody's interesting interested, Stephanie was eighteen. When we I got was married. 18 We've for one full week. For, 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 I got married the week after my 18th birthday. This is correct. So anyway, we were reading um, chapter one and two and chapter one was titled What Happens to Love After the Wedding? And it starts off with the story from Gary Chapman, who happens to be a marriage 
therapist, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. a family therapist, or he does a lot of uh, family enrichment, marriage seminars, right? All of those kind of things. So that's what his, his what he does for a living. And he was on a plane, and some guy says, you know, so what do you do for a living? He explains, and the guy says, you know, can I ask you a question? And the question is, what happens to love after you get married? You know, why, you know, why does it disappear? And Stephanie, tell, tell us how many times was this guy married and, was, what, and okay. what happened there? Okay. So, so then Gary asked him to explain, you know, what do you mean? Why does it, you know, what do you mean? What does it happen after the wedding? And so the, this gentleman goes into the explanation. He's been married three times and how in the dating phase, like everything was perfect everything was grand um explains in the second marriage he calls it a whirlwind romance right they got married after six months met and married after six months and he says that it was it was the honeymoon was bad and it was downhill from there like everything after the honeymoon was just gone and so they made i think they they made it three years and and then decided that you know there is no love here and and decided to end the marriage in the third marriage they were married for six years and he thought for sure that this was the one because in in the dating phase was grand and they they dated for two years and so he really thought that they both knew what they were you know what they were getting into what they wanted out of the relationship and explains that he thought from from his perspective as the husband thought that their marriage was fine right you know he always told her how much he loved her and and he told her how beautiful he was how beautiful she was <laughs> well maybe that was the problem yeah. <laughs> um tell, told her how beautiful she was and how proud he was to to be her husband and and so it never seemed it to never her. seemed to to affect her no matter all. how much he commuted the communi- communicated his love to her she never felt loved and he 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 describes her behavior as as becoming nitpicky right over little things at first and then and then larger things and then ultimately six years in that they ended their marriage and and some of the things were like you never take out the trash you never do this you never, you never do hang that. up your clothes yes you never put away i mean you never help and 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 so what happened was is that you know he very much was in love with her he communicated it and yet she just wasn't getting it right and then in the first in the first marriage he said they were married for 10 years and the first 3 or 4 were great they had 3 or God bless you Excuse me so they had they had 3 or 4 really great years before the baby came oh the baby and then her time became consumed with the baby and right. it was like all she wanted was a baby and now that she had it she didn't need him anymore right and and so, what happened was is that the the need for love and the way it was communicated was it was different and and what happened was is that she felt that you know hey tw- I'm 24 hours a day 7 days a week involved in raising this child now and and so so basically what happens here is you have a guy who has three times out failed to have a happily successful marriage 
And so what this book does, or what chapter one does, is he is is Gary Chapman uh, then talks about the fact that there are so many books out there that you can you'll be hard pressed to find a, a a magazine out there that doesn't have like you know 101 ways to show love to your husband or to your spouse or 10 ways to romance your wife or whatever these things are but he he talks about there's books there's seminars there's tv there talk radio shows and heck there's this podcast called family from the heart there i mean there's all (laughs) kinds of things out there and and there's there's conferences why is it that people can go to a conference and go away for the weekend and learn the effective tools of communication and yet come home and not be able to practice those because they're speaking different languages and that's what because, he shares in this book. Because having, you know, my my love language can be as foreign to your love language as English from Chinese. Right. And 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 so that is how he explains it, which, which I think is a very cool metaphor I in, do. in explaining it. Because I think some people would think that, okay, how is affirmation so different from, you know acts of service you know oh it's, i see but major it's difference. night and day you know they they really so anyway i i love the way that he uses the different the different languages, languages. um i like what he shares in the book about the fact that you know we, we each of us we learn our primary language typically from our parents and and so we we all grow up with usually just one primary language it's our native tongue and so we learn to speak english now there's a possibility that when you grow older you can pick up a second language but to learn those it takes a lot more effort and everything of that nature and so um you know but the fact is is that if you put somebody who has english english as their primary language and somebody else who has Chinese as their primary language, and neither of them have no clue of a secondary language whatsoever. You put those two people in a room together and try to have them communicate to they each other. Can't. It just is not going to happen. Now, they may try to do some gestures. They may try to act things out. But it's just going to be outright difficult and awkward. And, and communication is just not going to flow. Right. And what he's saying is that when a husband says, you're beautiful, I love you, I am so proud to be your husband, and he is trying to express love in the way that is his language. But the, the garbage can is overflowing. She doesn't get it. Exactly. Because for her, so so let's just say that for me, uh, one of my love, my love language is affirming words. It is. And I love to be communicated to with, I really respect you. I really love you. I love the fact that you're a great father. I love what you've done here. I, I, I'm very proud of you for what you've accomplished in your, your work this week. This is amazing what you're doing. I, those are the kind of words, the, that's the kind of love that, or that's the kind of language that speaks love to me. And um, for f- so when I deal with Stephanie, I'm always saying, I love you. I think you look beautiful. I, I think that, you know, I'm very proud of you for what you accomplished today. And, th- and those are the kinds of things. <gasps> that's funny. I didn't accomplish much today. <laughs> but th- that's not true. You accomplished uh, some major things. Number one, you put out three different podcasts for me today, which was huge. Okay. And and so I'm okay. very thankful. So on my own job, I accomplished nothing. Well, anyway. I did, I did four or five tasks for you, but 
on my own list. I well, that's not true either. I you did get some the, stuff done today. I did baby. get some stuff done, but but here's not the, the number one thing on my to do. I, I skipped it and got all the other things done. So for me to communicate that kind of love to Stephanie, but it it doesn't reach her. It doesn't affect her the same way that affirming words affect me. Right. Now, for you, Stephanie, what is your primary love language? Do you know? Acts of service. Acts of service. And that's way down on the list for me. I know. You know? And, know. and so for me to because do the dishes. I would feel... What, <laughs> I, you, say, you say the dishes because th- that's something that you do often. But like right now, this week, nothing would speak louder to me than picking up some hangers and helping me fold some laundry. Okay. You know? Um <laughs> There are five people in our house. We wear lots of clothes. And no matter how caught up on the laundry I am, someone always has dirty clothes on. And so here's what we're saying is that no matter how much I have to say to her, how much praise I can give her, if... I still have to go upstairs and clean the laundry off our bed so so we can lay down and go to sleep. You don't feel... Truthfully, you would not feel completely loved. And I won't sleep well tonight because it's surrounding me. Exactly. So, so that's the thing. What we're saying here is that I'm speaking English and Stephanie is speaking Chinese. I choose German, but sure. Chinese okay, but German. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So anyway, that's that's what this whole chapter is about. It, it is, and it, and I I love chapter two. So let's just go ahead and okay. move into chapter two, which is titled. Uh, let's see that's here. Right there. Keeping the love tank full. I love the idea of the love tank, and we. <laughs> I, I love that we keep using the word love because this is what he talks about in this chapter. Yes. It's how how vague we use that word. We use it frequently and not necessarily for its true meaning. Right. You know, we love Eli Stone. We love Lost. We love our kids. We love our kids. We love pizza we love podcasts. i love cupcakes you know i mean <laughs> the, the thing is is the word is is overused and sometimes loses, it can lose its meaning lose i mean all meaning i can say i love cupcakes and i love cliff in the same sentence and you don't i mean you know that that's just right and even in the bible now he did not touch on this but i remember that when peter had betrayed jesus three times jesus asked do you love me and he says, of course I do. And then he asked the second time, do you love, love me? me? And he says, of course I do. And he says, but do you love me? And he says, yes, I do. And, and so when you read that in the English language, you hear the word love, love, and love. But, but one is agape, in, right, one was Hebrew, eros, and one was a, a feel something. One's yeah. brotherly love, one's erotic love, such as romantic right. love. And one, and one is... Um, uh, unconditional, unconditional love like a god kind of love and so there are different ways of expressing love so basically the chapter two just talks about the fact that the word is just downright confusing it's it lost all meaning it has but yet there there are he, he talks about the fact going back to the whole idea that there are these magazines 500 ways to do this right there's not 500 love languages he says, just as though, you know, if you were to go into China, depending on where you go, there would be different dialects. Right. And so he says there, he believes that there are five main love, love languages. languages. And within those five love languages, there's really the only limit as to the number of dialects is the, your is the limit of your imagination on how you can communicate using that language. Right. 
So very interesting indeed. It was. And, and then he, he goes on to talk about the love tank. Yes. And how you, a, a, a person cannot survive on an empty love tank just as your automobile cannot survive on an empty oil tank. Right. You know, and, and you need to, and so, and then he talks about children and, and I love that he starts for, with children. I do too. I, because isn't that where it all begins? That's where I mean, we all start. That that's, that's where we begin. And so, you know, if you look at a child who is misbehaving and acting out and, and doing all these things, that require discipline or punishment if you would look and you would see an empty love tank you would see something completely different than just seeing the behavior that is the result of the child not feeling loved and you know i'm sitting here thinking about this as did i say that correctly absolutely you've got it spot on and i would say that looking back over the last couple months I can see where some of the issues that we've been having with Megan specifically mm-hmm. um, are probably due to a, a rather low love tank. And I would agree with you. I, I would say that that's something that I'm feeling some conviction in my heart that that's something that we need to start thinking about. You know, number one, do you have any idea what Megan's love language is? Right now? I mean, clearly, do you know 100%? I mean, you could just say, well, no, I'm it's not, not sure. acts of service because I clean her room all the time. And that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think Megan's love language gifts. is affirmation and gifts. Affirmation, definitely. Affirmation and gifts. Is, and gifts. I think the gifts has come because th- there's a family member very close to us whose who's love language is number one out there's no denying it it's gifts yeah and so megan has been spoken it to in that love language and that for so long that 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 is really reaching her um so i i would say gifts and affirmation most definitely for megan she's see i don't think matthew is really i don't know matthew's right now is physical touch yeah um, really, he is still, even at six, he's a cuddler. He wants to be, I feel so bad for him because I'm constantly telling him, Matthew, personal space. But, <laughs> Mama needs some personal space because he need, needs to learn boundaries. He does need to do that. But I do say that that if we're going to establish those boundaries and we need, and we are going to consistent, one thing we do need to do is be intentional with physical mm-hmm. touch from time to time where I we can say, come and, and I go, let me hug on you. When, when... Now, normally, because there's two girls and girls take longer to get ready in the morning, I go in and I wake the girls up first and give them give them their gentle, their gentle, you know, it's time to get up. And then they get probably like 10 to 15 free minutes. And I go in and most mornings, if he's in his bed, if he's on his floor, I can't do it. But if he's in his bed, I'll I'll say I'll gently nudge him Matthew it's time to wake up and then I'll scoot in next to him and I'll just cuddle with him as he wakes up and and that is time that it's it's just me and him and and he gets to wake up and we get to have you know just a couple few special minutes before the girls realize I'm mom spending time with Matt we gotta go interrupt (laughs) right now exactly so so very interesting indeed and of course this book is more talking well I I don't know the five love languages this one is for marriage yes there is another one for kids sorry 
So this one is how to express a heartfelt co- commitment to your mate. But there is the five love languages for kids. There is the five love. Um, for children, I think it says. No, it's for kids. For kids. And it's got the cutest little handprint on yeah. it in red paint. <laughs> in fact, you can find that at Mardell.com. You can. M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Put that in your shopping cart. Use GSPN. Help us out, please. That would be awesome. One so, other thing I was going to say was. So this, let's talk this about these love tanks. This book that we're reading is to express to your mate, but the importance to understand that our love language started when we were children. Yes, that's what this is chapter is. Because it also talks about how we learn our primary language from our parents. Yes, like our our, our physical or our actual language, a linguistic yes. language. We learn that from our parents, but also in the environment in which we grow up when we are kids also is where we learn our primary love languages. Right. And and and, and partly a part of our psychological makeup. So it's not completely determined Upon just our parents' love language, but it's the psychological makeup and then how we were communicated to in love. Right. Or not communicated to. Right. Okay. Okay. That's where I was going with. Or not communicated to. Because he talks about how important it is to have the, the, the full love tank, but to not, to not forget that having having a lack of a full having an empty love tank can lead to difficulties as an adult. Yes. And you, you can grow up and and become an adult who is unable to function in society or, or is going to have a difficult time just like somebody who grows up in a home where he's, they're never spoken to, they're ignored. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're going into first grade and they have absolutely no grammar skills whatsoever. Right. Or very horrible grammar or something of that nature. So absolutely. Now let's talk about this love okay. tank. Because is it called a love tank? Yeah. Yeah. The love tank full. Okay. Um, I have often thought of a bank account as the analogy. Okay. Of, of depositing love. And, and so I think, I think the analogy is the same. Is that, you know, sometimes we we make mental withdrawals. It takes, you know, to, to run uh, a, a, a relationship, there has to be fuel in the tank and there or there has to be a positive balance uh, before you make a withdrawal, before you can ask for your mate to, to continually give and give and give. You have to make you have to put deposits into the account or in this you have to make you have to put some you have to put some fuel in the tank and i really like it because it fits really well with the rest of what i've always thought of as far as the depositing um metaphor right and and so it would be difficult for me like one of the things that i've i've really loved about this recently stephanie is you have been helping me out tremendously here in the business What's that? I've been reading this book. Yes. And can I say that I, in return, have been helping you a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I I have been, as a result, I, I mean, it's not like I feel like I've been coerced or anything like that. But recently, I have felt more loved by you, from you, and, and as you have sacrificed to help me. 
And in return... Have you been listening to the full-time mom? No. Why? Sarah and I talked about this. Really? About how I've been reading this book and how as I began to um, sacrificially put myself... Stop thinking of myself and stop being so selfish and putting you first and speaking um, to you in your love language. And even though I have been speaking to you in my love language as well by taking on some of these acts of service acts of service i still think i do a fairly good job speaking to you in your love language but who knows anyway <laughs> i never know and and so as i give of myself sacrificially and you feel more loved by me you are more compelled to give of yourself sacrificially i have been not because I'm nagging you or be, but, but quite honestly, because you're not nagging me. Right. And, and I'm, I, well, I never was a nagging person. No, I can't, but, not that I can't be. No, but you could be, there were times where you could be a sulker if, <laughs> if you, if, if you weren't getting the help, which right. I mean, you know, obviously I need to help out, but I will say that Stephanie, by your coming down here and looking at my to-do list and say, "Hey, what can I can take care of this? I can do that." And if you'll teach me how to do this, I will do this for you. And it's like, you know what? You have lightened my load tremendously by by putting out some podcasts, learning how to do some post-production. Those are things they don't take a lot of time once you learn how to do them. But when you do as many as I do, it takes a lot of time. I did three today. And I'm not very good at it yet. Not not that I'm not good. I mean, they all go up flawlessly with Cliff's 52 and 89 easy steps that he wrote for me. And so, right. um, but I'm still, you know, looking at the instructions, make sure I'm doing it right. So it still takes me quite a while. So that takes up a, a huge portion of, of, it took up a huge portion of my day today. And what I'm finding is I need to manage my time better. But anyway, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, the thing is that the, the I, you realize that as you go along, you're getting faster at it. It's going to take less than time. But the fact is, is that you're helping me out. I find myself, you know, without you asking, I'm, I'm getting the vacuum cleaner out and vacuuming. I find myself sweeping the vacuum or the kitchen. Sweeping the vacuum cleaner? Sweeping the <laughs> kitchen floor and mopping it, taking out the trash, doing the dishes. I find myself wanting to help you more because I am just so overjoyed. And, and I, you know, I, I just, we're just communicating better. And what's weird is we're not, it's, it's not like we're communicating a whole lot more with words. words right. But we are communicating more can, through our service to each other and or through these love languages to each other. Can I read something that he writes in this Absolutely. book? Absolutely. Because this is, it, it, it's perfect for what you're, you're going on in that we're not communicating more with words, but in fact we are communicating more. Yes. And let me find where I wanted to start at. I'm sorry. Sorry for the silence. You're fine. Okay. At the heart of mankind's existence is the desire to be intimate and to be loved by another. Marriage is designed to meet that need for intimacy and love. That is why the ancient biblical writings spoke of a husband and a wife becoming one flesh. That did not mean that individuals will lose their identity. It meant that they would enter into each other's lives in a deep and intimate way. And I love that. Because as we are learning to speak each other's love language, and I mean, we've been married nearly 12 years. Yep. And over that 12 years, honestly, our love languages have changed. A little bit. I mean, 
I think you're pretty much the same. Okay, my love language has has changed from what it was when we were before we had children uh-huh. to what it was after we had one, and now with our three ring circus. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's love or grace that I need. I'm not sure, but anyway. Um, so I, I love this because it's not about losing who we are. Right. It's not about losing ourselves. It's about communicating in a way that we operate as one person. Yes. Not as, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. So anyway, I, I had to read that because I love that. Very I love cool. the words that he used to describe them. So the so the idea is that we, we we're going to have a hard time um, moving forward, being motivated, if we don't feel that the love tank has any fuel in it. Right. And, and that, that is, I'll be honest with you. There are times when I just don't, when we're not connecting well, that I can come down here and it doesn't matter how much time or how much energy I have. I just feel little, very, very little motivation to do anything. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm unproductive. I, it's right. like, why bother? You know, but when I feel loved when I feel when I feel you communicating to me, and and when I when I when we're communicating well, and my love tank starts to get you know some fuel in it, even when I'm physically exhausted, I still feel like wow, there's hope, there is joy, there is a dream of the future. Uh, it's it's amazing how we can go from literally feeling lifeless to feeling full of life after just a few deposits of love communication and and filling the love tank. Does that make sense? It does. Very cool. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, what verse is that? I don't even remember. It's the last verse. It says, but these three remain, faith, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is is love. love. And without love, we are nothing. Exactly. And, and, and without love, why why bother? So love is the hope that you talk about. It is the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. So that is chapter, that's our review of chapter one and two. I'm glad we had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't want to do it. Neither one exhausted. of us, neither one of us wanted to come and, and, and do this tonight. Well, I think that in all fairness, we need to let people know that we just celebrated our daughter's third birthday at Chuck E. Cheese of all places. And that place is physically draining. Yes. You know, that that place is even love tank draining. <laughs> and, and it's a Monday and we had a huge, huge day of everything that we've done. But, but excuses can, aside. Yes. We were tired and it was going to be much easier to turn on the television and check out. Yep. And then go to bed. But can I tell you, can I say to folks why we are here? Absolutely. And, and, and honestly, why are we here? Do, do you know why we're here? I mean, why we actually ended up doing it tonight and not putting it off till tomorrow, which it may have got put off even further. Because it's on our schedule. Okay. Well, because <laughs> if it's we on, would have put it off. But why is it, it on our schedule? What I'm getting because at. Because it's important. Well, ex- yes. Just say what you want to say. Okay. I hate when you say, <laughs> when you ask me something, when clearly you have a specific have answer. A s- and I can sit here and I can give you A, B, C, and D, but... It's I, not the answer okay. that's in your head, so it, it, enlighten me. In essence, basically, <laughs> the reason why we did it tonight is because we have a sponsor. I mean, oh, the, 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 there's okay. there, there's a level of accountability to do this 
show on a weekly basis now. And and so if anybody has benefited or has enjoyed this episode, I mean honestly, we th- there there are two thi- two reasons to thank Mardell. One is because well they are financially helping us on a monthly basis. They've signed up for 6 months to financially help support what we're doing uh-huh. as we as they sponsor this show. And so that's huge for us, very huge. Very. And we're praying that they get a lot of response of people who are GSPN listeners who go to their site and purchase. I mean, don't just go there just to purchase things for us. But if you're in the market for a Bible or for a Christian book or a resource of any type, go to mardell.com and in the shopping cart make sure that you put gspn as the promo code and they'll let you that that will communicate to them that hey we're a gspn listener thank you for supporting cliff and stephanie as a result i'm coming over here to buy my christian books and cds they have all the music and everything there so i so number one they're financially supporting but number two honestly our schedules are full you know, they but are. but the thing is, is that this this sponsorship is helping to take two people who are extremely tired, who need to learn. I'm not tired but, anymore, though. Well, I'm not either now, but who were extremely tired, who needed to sit down and just have some time alone away from everything else and talk about communicating to each other in love. And now here we are recording this podcast. And so I'm very thankful for Mar- Mardell.com. There will be a link where you can get this book for five ninety nine, and uh, so again, very awesome stuff. Stephanie, I'm looking forward to next week. I don't know. Are we I am to- too. Chapter three, falling in love. Yes, and it's going to be talking. What was that? If read that last little bit right there okay. before we can do something or other. Okay, before we examine the five love languages, however, we must address one other important but confusing phenomenon. The euphoric experience of falling in love. So before we talk about what exactly these love languages are, we're going to talk about this euphoric phenomenon phenomenon called falling in love. Falling in love. Folks, thank you very much for participating by listening to this episode. We will be back uh, next week. We record these on Monday nights. Uh, these will be either put out Monday evening, more than likely, sometime during Tuesday. the day on Tuesday. So, God bless. We'll be back soon. <laughs> <laughs>